Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Koishcast. I'm going to start this podcast with a bit of an admission, I think. Um, those have been with us from the start. I believe this is episode nine or ten. Nine, I think. Um, those have been with us from the start three months ago, episode one. Um, I titled it Square One. Um, that was a mistake, wasn't it? <laughs> I should have done that because now I'm not sure where we're at. Um, if that was square one. Um yeah, welcome. The coach was Casper Tigers. It happened on Friday, as discussed on last week's podcast, which was aptly named Last Chance Saloon, because of course it was. Um, I talked at length how enormous the game against Huddersfield was um, for the immediate future of the club and certainly for the future of the coaching position at the club. And clearly, it did not go our way. I was there on Friday night. It was pretty bleak. Um, it was pretty poor, unfortunately. Um I think there were some positives to be taken from the kind of first 15, 20 minutes, dare I say. Um, I'm not one to talk about referees. I think there was a couple of weird ones early on. I think Greg Eden's taken out ahead of the first try, et cetera. And there's a couple of weird little calls here and there. But ultimately, we weren't good enough. We're, we were nowhere near good enough um, in that game. There was some effort levels there from certain players. I thought the new lads went okay. Uh, I thought Tassi Parler in, in particular. Uh, impressed me a little bit. I'm not sure he's a centre, to be honest. I think I think long-term, you'd probably want him in the back row. Um, but I, I like what I see from him. Um, he's got a little bit of Reese Martin about him, for me. Uh, that's how I kind of view him, and that's no that's no bad thing by any means. Uh, I think Liam Horn showed a little bit when he came on as well. He's certainly got a bit of enthusiasm and immediately just kind of quicking things up, acting off. So uh, I liked what I saw from Liam Horn, and um, Billy didn't do anything wrong for me either, um, although admittedly not very... Um, impactful, I guess. But again, what what would you, what do you really expect from a player who's pretty much did what he set out to do? Um, and one shout out I would give to Joe Westerman because I thought Joe Westerman was superb. To be honest, uh, I thought he was absolutely immense on Friday. And you know, a, a squad of ultimately really poor performances. Um, more than half, probably more, probably about three quarters of the squad were, were well off it. On Friday, but I thought Joe Westerman in particular really stepped up. Uh, well, not stepped up. I think he's been there all season, to be honest, in terms of his effort levels at the very least. And and he was excellent. But across the board, it was pretty poor. Uh, it was pretty poor. There's a couple of defensive efforts here and there, which you want a lot better from. You know, as much as it came off uh, a six again, which was never a six again, you know, Leroy Kudjo should not be going through the defensive line with the easy did for the second try. Um, and I mean, in terms of attack, I mean, honestly, I can I can remember like one half chance where maybe the centre should give it to Eden uh, on the left edge in the first half. But I mean, even then, I don't think Eden had a walking by any means, and that was not even a, that wasn't a clear cut chance. There was very, very, very little um, in terms of attack. Um, you know, I, I, I don't want to bag individual players too much this season. I've tried not to do it as best I could because. As I say, I think collectively they've not been good enough. Uh, I don't think that's necessarily fair, but I will say I thought Jacob Miller was absolutely terrible on Friday, I've got to say. I think, you know, if you want your halfback to step up and put his his best foot forward, especially in a big game like that, and he probably had his worst performance of the year. It's not good enough. That's not good enough, I'm afraid. Um, but like I say, there was quite a few poor performances. It's just, you know, when your halfbacks are not stepping up and you kind of give Jack Broadbent a little bit of a an excuse there in the sense that he's certainly not a halfback and um, hopefully we look a lot better when Blake Austin's in that position in a couple of weeks but 
still. I mean, I think Westy, for example, I think I'm pretty sure Westy put in an attacking kick inside the first 15 minutes, which all the will in the world, you love Westy's effort, but it, that shouldn't be happening, should it? That should not be happening. The, the structures were completely gone. Um, and it was a pretty grim watch at times. It really was. So obviously the result certainly did not go our way. And within about an hour of the final whistle, Andy Last was relieved of his duties as Castleford coach. It was the only option. Uh, it was the only option. We talked about it last week. I didn't really see. I, I said it. I did say, I think if we lost closely and we weren't a million miles off Huddersfield and there was a, kind of an opportunity to win it and maybe we got beat out by a try or a penalty, something like that, then there maybe would have been a case for last because there would have been a, a an uptick in the performance. But I did also say at the same time, if it's an, another defeat like we've been seeing, then it's pretty comfortable from the opposition, and there wasn't much, um, there wasn't much improvement. Um, then it was hard to see where we would go, other than sacking Andy Last, particularly with a two-week gap before that big game at Bellevue. Alas, we didn't get a point on the board. Andy Last, there was no option. There was no option. I don't think the club wanted to do it. Um, I think the plan has been the plan. Um, and I, I kind of commend the club for sticking to a plan and trying to get a plan together. It's just, I'm not sure it was the right plan, um, frankly. And, you know, the plan hasn't worked at the very least. So I don't think the, the club had a choice but to move on uh, from Andy Last on Friday. So here we are. So here we are on Monday as I'm recording this. We are led to believe that the director of, sorry, the board of directors at the club are, are literally sitting down to discuss the future of the head coaching position right now. So I figured why I might as well speak to you guys. And let's just kind of discuss who is going to take on this job for the next six games of this season, maybe beyond. Let's see. Um, yeah, what a job they've got to do. What a job they have. They've got an awful lot of players at their disposal. Um, I think Blake Austin's going to be wearing number 46 when he comes in. Uh, there was a rumour of a slight injury he's got uh, that he picked up last week, which is uh, apparently wasn't necessarily going to be available for the Leeds game anyway, uh, if he'd stayed. Um but not much was really said in the article, to be honest, and it seemed a little bit whispery. Um, so I'm pretty confident Blake Austin will be involved against Wakefield, which means, you know, yeah, 46 players, uh, well, 46 squad numbers, fair few have gone out of there, but still squad of 40 players or so. Uh, you'd like to think there's tools at the disposal, um, whoever can come in. It's just getting some music, getting some songs out of those toys, uh, out of those tools, should I say, and it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be easy, but some coaches you'd like to think will see this as an opportunity rather than a poison chalice. But let's get into it. Let's get into it. What I've tried to do is put together some kind of requirements that I think a head coach of cast for the next six, six, for the next six weeks needs. Uh, a couple of little things which you, you kind of want, um, which I'm assuming is kind of the things which are being discussed right now, really, in terms of uh, the board discussing who's in next. And then I put together a bit of a shortlist Um and I say shortlist, there's quite a lot of names on it, to be honest, but basically anyone that's been mentioned by journalists or fans, um, any names that have been thrown around, really, and I'll kind of discuss each one, see how they come up against um, my requirements, and then at the end, I'll give my idea of who it should be. Although, of course, if you listen to episode eight, um, you already know what I think it's going to be, to be honest. So uh, there won't be many surprises there, to be honest, but it's still worth discussing. Um, so these requirements, then. First and foremost, they've got to be accessible. Whoever it is has got to be accessible quickly. They've got to be able to come in this week. I'm recording this on Monday. 
realistically, they need to be in post and probably taking training by Wednesday. Really, at the very, very latest, that gives you kind of a week and a half to kind of try and put something together. I don't think there's a lot, you know, we're not going to see a full philosophical change. We're not going to see massive change to structures or anything like that in a week and a half. It's not going to happen. Um, but they still need to come in quickly in terms of kind of motivating the players more than anything. Um, yeah, I don't think we're going to see massive drastic changes to how we're going to play. Uh, but at the very least, you know, the players who are kind of giving 60, 70%, they've got to be up to 80, 90. Really, they've got to be up to 100. And that's the job of the head coach coming in. So he's got to be able to be there in the next 48 hours, really, in order to instill that straight away. Um, Super League experience is certainly ideal. It's not an absolute necessity, but you certainly would prefer it. And at the very least, you want experience in pressurised situations because it's not going to get much more pressurised than a week on Friday and then for the, the following five games, that's for sure. Um, to anyone with that kind of experience in big games and these pressurised situations, it, it is absolutely... It's, it's, it's pretty vital, to be fair. You can't just throw someone in who's never been in this situation, I don't think, at this stage. Um, they've got to be willing to come in on a six-game basis. Um, you know, I'm sure there is a view to longer term, regardless of division, uh, I guess. But, I mean, obviously, if we were to hire someone on a six-game basis and they win all six games, then they're going to be hired for next year. Of course they are. Um, but at the same time, you know, it might just be six games and we go down and at which point a decision will be made. Um, and they've got to be kind of willing to take a risk. Um, well, there's two ways to look at this. I, I've written down they've got to be willing to take a risk reputation-wise. That depends on who it is, to be fair. As I said, some people will see this as an opportunity because they're coming from slightly below and going in. Um, but there are many coaches out there that are probably not willing to take a risk because of the position they're currently in. One name I'd kind of throw out there in terms of he's certainly not someone in the running would be like a Paul Rowley, for example, who's been linked with the Warrington job at the moment. Um, he would not be in the running for this, I don't think, because he's kind of coached on the up and up. And, you know, clearly he's literally higher up the table with Salford and being linked to a, a more high-profile job than Warrington. I, I don't think, although I like him as a coach, I think he's a great coach, actually, I don't think that's someone who'd be willing to take the risk of kind of dropping a little bit in order to... Um, yeah, it, it, it could ruin a coach like that, really, if he was the one to take us down and it, they wouldn't be willing to take that risk and surely they wouldn't. Um, so, yeah, it's got to be someone who's kind of looking at the job and going, actually, there's, a, there's an opportunity from here rather than just you know, rather than just being all downside. Um, and finally, this is not an absolute given. I know a lot of fans think it needs to be. I'm not sure it has to be an absolute given, but it would certainly be a bonus, I think, um, certainly in terms of getting the fans on board. And that would be connection with the club. Someone who's been involved or someone who's local just simply knows what it means to be cast, knows what the badge means to the, to the town, to all of us. Um, it can't be a bad thing. It can't be a bad thing from a motivational point of view. So I think connection with the club. I'm not going to say it's absolutely vital and an absolute... Yeah, it, it, it's not everything, but realistically, you'd veer that way. If you had two candidates of a similar level, you go for the more and more connection to cast, that's for sure. Um, so let's talk about some names. And this won't be a very long podcast, I don't think. I'm just going to go through these individually and kind of give my take on each one. Uh, and then we'll wrap it up because, frankly, an announcement could be any time now. I don't know. So, I mean, you might even get my live reaction. Who knows? Um, but let's start at the top and let's start internal. So Craig Lingard, obviously, is, in, is with the club at the moment. He's assistant. He's been here for a few months. 
Um, I am immediately going to rule him out, I think, uh, in terms of the head coach job this season, purely because he's going to Wembley on Saturday. And I think we've got to honour that. We certainly have to honour that. Obviously, we've honoured it all year. We did not bring him in as a full-time um, assistant coach this year. We allowed him to be at, uh, to be at Batley. He's done a good job, continues to do a good job. And obviously, he's in a, a big final against Halifax on Saturday. And that, that will be his focus. And you can understand that. He, he lives and breathes Batley Bulldogs. He's got a stand named after him. I think he's the all-time leading scorer at the Batley Bulldogs. So, I don't think it's a consideration. You know, you don't want... Although I, I do rate him as a coach, um, I think there's a lot going for Craig Lingard. I don't think you can give him the job this week, for example, because obviously his mind's going to be elsewhere and understandably so. Um, so, yeah, I think he's immediately ruled out because you're literally only going to get four, three or four days of him before the Wakefield game, which I don't think is necessary. Plus, there is an element of the fact that, although I think he's a good coach from a technical point of view, uh, and we don't know how much, how vocal he's been allowed to be in the last regime, to be fair, but I think someone internal at the moment probably isn't going to be the right person to kind of motivate these players, else they'd have been motivated already. Um, you'd imagine. Uh, I'll throw Scott Morell in there as well, just in kind of in that category. I don't think he's a real consideration, but it's worth mentioning as, as he's around at the club at the moment. For the same reasons, uh, I, I don't think that'd be possible. Um, he would be accessible, but doesn't have that Super League experience that I talked about. And yeah, he just doesn't have the experience, frankly. Um Lingard might be an option for next year, for sure. Um, dependent on division. Well, maybe not dependent on division. If someone can keep us up for six weeks, and it does appear we are looking at this kind of um, six-week period in terms of bringing someone in short term, it would not surprise me if we are a Super League club, even if Craig Lingard's the coach next season. Um, and I wouldn't mind that, to be honest. I do, I do rate Linus. I think he's good. I think he's a good coach, and I'd like to see what he could do um, with, you know, kind of 100% autonomy over the team. Obviously, he's not had that being an assistant to Andy Last. He's kind of pitched in here and there. Um, although it's been non-existent in the last few weeks, I think the attack did improve at the middle of the season. You look at Magic Weekend, for example, and a couple of weeks before that, when I, when uh, Craig Lingard did come in, there was uh, a tangible um, improvement. Uh, I think certainly in attacking structure. Um, it's dropped off a little bit, not going to lie. Um but we, we certainly looked better at the middle of the season than we did at the very start. So I'd like to see what he could do with kind of 100% of the role his. Um, so I think he will certainly be very near top of the list in terms of next year being the head coach. Certainly if we're in Super League, probably if we're in Championship as well. Because um, obviously there'd be a... If he's being honest, I, I think there would be a better opportunity of him going straight back up to Super League as Castle to coach than he would battle simply because of resources. So maybe for next year, but not for the short term. And yeah, Morel would be out of there as well. Um, Danny Orr is someone who's mentioned all the time. Um, it was mentioned originally when Radford has got the sack. It's a name that continuously does the rounds on Facebook and Twitter. Certainly has the connection with the club. Certainly has a little bit of Super League experience as an assistant at the very least. The accessibility is the major issue here. He is literally a police detective, I believe. Um, he's taken on a new career. He's not within rugby league. He hasn't been within rugby league for a year or so. Um, he may love the club. I'm like, does love the club. We know that. Obviously, he was he was part of that coaching team uh, with Daryl Powell for many years. Obviously, he did actually take the interim role after Ian Millwood for a little bit and kind of steady the ship. But I think when he, unless we hear anything 
I think we need to stop talking about Danny already because he's literally not in the game anymore. Um, he's he's in the police. He's he's taking on a new career. Um, that's that. I, I think I, I don't really see him coming back, and you know he'll train just long and hard. I'm sure for that new career. I don't see him kind of throwing that away uh, for a six week gig uh, as cast coach. I, I don't think that's a realistic possibility at all. So I just throw him in there. But I think we need to stop talking about Daniel. To be honest. Um, Let's just run through that coaching staff then because the next name is obviously the other one that's been talked about endlessly, certainly since last week, which is Daryl Powell. Now, will he be quite high up in the bookmaker odds? Probably. He won't be favourite, but he won't be too far away. And can I understand why a lot of the fan base is calling for Powell to come back? Yes, of course I can. Um, You know, I, I grew up essentially. I turned into a man during the, the Powell era. Uh, my teenage years and then obviously as I've said before I worked at the club for a little bit during the time Paolo was there obviously 2017 all that um, you know you, you think of Daryl Powell and you think positive memories about Cats really um, last couple of years probably weren't as strong as we would have liked them to be but ultimately he's been the best coach of Castleford in the modern era so you can understand a little bit of the pining for Daryl Powell and obviously he is out of a job right now so from an accessibility point of view and able to come in this week is it impossible no it's not impossible do i think we'll have reached out to paul to see where he's at if we're doing due diligence yes i think we will have done um i'd be surprised if the conversation not been had although of course we don't really know how it was left between the board of directors between um between the top brass at cass and, and Pauli, we don't really know how amicable it was at the time, so if it wasn't amicable at all, then maybe the, maybe that conversation hasn't happened. But I'd like to think the conversation has happened at some point. I think uh, we owe it to Paolo to at least ask the question. Obviously, on Super League experience in pressurized situations, yes, yes, he's been there. Admittedly, his final his uh, performance in finals isn't great, but this isn't quite a final, so I don't think we have to worry too much about that. Willing to come in on a six game basis, willing to take the reputational risk. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. Um, and I'm not even sure it's even a question, to be honest. The thing with Pauline, you know, he's essentially had four years now where things haven't really gone his way, if we're being honest. And obviously, a Wembley appearance aside, um, you know, you, you can excuse 2020 to a certain extent. Um, you know, it didn't end great, obviously, during during the lockdown, but ultimately it was the lockdown and we were doing pretty well. Uh, until things shut down. So I think you can have some kind of excuse for 2020. 2021 was, wasn't was great on the field, really. Again, Wembley aside, on, in the league, it was pretty poor. There was, a, there was a downturn and it really did feel like at the end, you know, that era really did end. And you know, I think Grant Milton left at the same time. Uh, I don't know if Shenny left that day as well. Um, if that was the right season in 20, at the end of 2021. And it felt time, to be honest. And it, it just wound down that year and ended up a, a little bit damp to be fair. And then obviously two years at Warrington have clearly not gone his way, uh, 11th last season. And although a really positive start to the year for Wire this season, um, they just kind of fell off a cliff, to be honest. So I'm not really sure what's happened there. He's clearly been under a lot of stress. Kind of seems to me like Daryl Powell, if he's going to get back into coaching, probably needs a bit of a sabbatical first, probably needs a rest, to be honest. You know, he's a very passionate, he's a very intense rugby league man. I, I don't think, you know, a, 
four or five month rest before getting back into it next year, if he even wants to get back into it next year, would be a bad thing for him at all. I think it'd probably be quite beneficial to his later career, to be honest. I'm not sure him jumping straight in to a coaching situation, certainly one as pressurised as this, is ideal. For Daryl Powell, nevertheless, would I take him? If there's an announcement today and Powell's coming back on a six-game basis to you know, save the club, would it lift the club? Would it put bums on seats? Yeah, of course it would. Of course it would. So I certainly wouldn't turn it down. I just don't think it's necessarily the right option right now. And it might be us thinking more nostalgic than we need to, uh, if I'm honest. And I just don't think it's that realistic, to be fair. Um, but, you know, we love Paul, don't we? So I can understand the pining for it. Um, I might as well complete the set. Um, it's not a name that's been mentioned too much, but just in terms of people who are available uh, at the moment. Probably don't have the Super League experience as a head coaching, but have been an assistant for a long time. Uh, willing to come in on a six-game basis, I honestly don't know, um, but does have a connection with the club. You'd throw Ryan Sheridan's name in there. Uh, obviously, he's Paulie's assistant. He left Warrington at the same time as Paulie. Um, it'd be a big ask for him. Uh, it'd be a big ask for him, but you know he's been an assistant for a long time, Ryan Sheridan. It's almost a... I mean, I don't want to throw him in the same category as Andy Last by any means. I think Sheridan's uh, an excellent coach. Um, obviously, some, just some great things at Cass. Bit of an enigma. Obviously, he was a great player as well. Um, he has been an assistant. He has been understudy to, to Pauli for, I mean, the best part of 10 years now. Um, he has had some coaching gigs in the past, but in terms of making that step up, um, I assume his ambition is to be a Super League head coach at some point. It would be quite an experience doing uh, taking this on now, but as someone who is available um, and probably not had all the stress of Daryl Powell as well, because he's not been the top man, he's not been the one people have been firing at, uh, he's been there. Um, yeah, maybe we throw Ryan Sheridan's name into the into the mix. I, I don't think he's anywhere near the favourite. And again, he's not really known to mention too much, to be honest. I've just kind of picked him out as someone who's available. But with that connection, someone who might want to take a step up, maybe Ryan Sheridan's at a name to name to mention uh, but I certainly wouldn't hang my hat on it um, so okay let's go for, we're about halfway through this list now there's a fair few names to be discussed uh, I will leave the favourite and the one I think most likely to make the job to take the job uh, until the end um, so don't worry I've not forgot about him um, Danny Ward Danny Ward's an interesting one and this is someone who I do think would be in the kind of top three of the betting and would be an interesting option I think um, he was quite forthcoming in the sense that he, he quite fancied the job after Radford left. He's currently just coaching in rugby uni at the moment down south. But yeah, Danny Ward, he's, he's accessible, I think. Obviously, he's UK-based as well. We'll be able to come in this week, potentially. Um, Super League experience, you know, at the bottom end. It's a difficult with Danny Ward. He did, he did obviously take London Broncos down. But I believe London had about 20 points that year and they were very, very, very unlucky. They were one of the better teams to have ever actually been relegated from Super League. Um, and with the results he had, it was a heck of achievement. I, I, remember get, I remember them getting some fantastic results that year and they played a great band of rugby as well. So Danny Ward has been in this kind of situation. Um, as I say, he had a real fist of it in terms of a relegation battle. And Danny Ward's someone you could get in now who realistically, because he's not in the game, hasn't been in the game for a little while, and has been wanting a way back in. He's someone who may be open to, regardless of relegation, taking us into next year as well. 
So, uh, sorry, yeah, taking us into the championship next season uh, as well. And like I say, he's not, he's quite used to dealing with kind of smaller resources. And and to be honest, we'd probably have more resource in the championship than London did uh, way back when. So Danny Ward is someone who I wouldn't mind at all, to be honest, if they announced it. I, I think I'd be, I'd be quite for that. I'd be quite excited about that, to be honest. I don't know whether he's got the capabilities keeping us up, but if we want to be forward thinking and this kind of throws into something else, which is, you know, I think we need at this point to be told our situation if we are to go down, to be honest, because I think I, I have seen a lot of comments uh, on obviously social media and all that kind of stuff. And a lot of it's guesswork, if, I, if I'm honest. And, you know, there, there is a general understanding, although understanding is definitely the wrong word in this case, but there's a general understanding from a lot of fans that if we're down, we're doomed and that's it. And, you know, we're never getting back in Super League and, you know, the sky's going to fall and, you know, we're going to go bust and that'll be it for Rugby League and Castleford. I'm not sure that's the case. In fact, I'm pretty confident that's not the case. Um, there's a few obstacles we, that be in our way, of course, but I don't think it's the absolute end of the road if we go down this year. We just need a little bit of... We need to be assured of that in some way, shape or form, I think. Um and hopefully that comes. And I would put that down to IMG, to be honest. I don't think IMG have been very, very good in kind of communicating the situation to clubs um, like us, like Wakefield, the situation that they'd be in if they go down. Um, but yeah, the clubs themselves as well probably need to get something out there and just go. And yeah, you know, maybe not right now. I mean, it's hard. You know, obviously the fight is very much about staying in. You don't even want to think about that possibility. And, you know, you don't want to kind of bring that mindset in. But at the same time, you know, there is there is part of the fan base thinking we're absolutely dead if the next six weeks goes our way might not be the case in fact I'm pretty sure it's not the case and if it's not the case and we're assured it's not the case the idea of Danny Ward even if he takes us down given you know having the possibility to bring us back up next season with you know an exciting young squad maybe not all that bad or maybe not quite as bad as we think um, so yeah Danny Ward is a real possibility I think he's a real possibility if he wants it and I would not mind that appointment at all um, I'll throw Willie Poaching's name in there uh, purely as it was mentioned by Matt Shaw this morning I don't know if there's anything to that uh, I think it might just be you know someone who's been kind of around this battle obviously was Wakefield coach most recently uh, has a little bit of Super League experience towards the bottom apparently as a, as a want to stay in coaching or get back into coaching according to Matt Shaw um, I think accessibility is the big thing with Willie Poaching to be honest uh, obviously he's back over in Australia, unless he's on a flight right now, <laughs> you know it's, it's probably not. It's probably not ideal. Um, to be fair, and I, I, there's an element of Willie Poaching as well. I mean, for one thing, he's you know you think Willie Poaching, you think Lee Dryer as a Wakefield Trinity. So I'm not sure that's he's <laughs> not the best in terms of connection with the club either. To be fair, although he, he does seem like a, a, a really stand up bloke. To be fair, um, wouldn't be the most inspiring choice I would say for Willie Poaching for me, but. Mm, Maybe he's a, he's a name that's been thrown in, so it's worth mentioning, but it wouldn't be my pick by any means. Um, there's two more I've got on my list that are over in Australia at the moment. The first one we'll wrap up straight away, which is just probably the name that's been mentioned more than anyone besides the actual favourite and Daryl Powell, and that'd be Adrian Vowles. It'd been talked about an awful lot, particularly on social media. Um, I referenced it on our podcast on the, on the Twitter yesterday and this morning, had a little response from Adrian as well. Thank you for that. Um, he's not in the running. Adrian Bowser is not in the running to be coach. He said that himself. 
Um, you know, he did make a comment a couple of weeks ago about, you know, if you, you know, I'd, I'd get on the first plane, etc. Um, I, I, I think that was more, you know, if he could do something to help, <laughs> but not so much. I, I don't think that was him, you know, on social media saying, I'm going to be head coach of Casper Tigers. I think I should be head coach of Casper Tigers. I don't think that's what he meant, to be honest. I think he was just speaking from the heart a little bit there and just kind of speaking of his of his love for the club and his, his want his want to actually help out in some way. And, you know, it just if he could, he would do something um, to help the club survive because obviously he loves it so much and, you know, we respect that and we respect Adrian and, you know, thank you for that essentially. But he's not going to be the head coach of the Casper Tigers. That's that's for sure. The the man himself has said that last night. Um, the other one, who is still an interesting candidate because he was an interesting candidate back in March, again, is over in Southern Hemisphere, so it would be a little bit tricky. But then again, we have just signed three players from over there, and they got over here pretty quickly. Justin Morgan's name was thrown around again in March, and by all accounts, he is still interested in joining somewhere as a head coach. Um, wouldn't be surprised if he's thrown his name in the hat for Warrington. Uh, I don't think they'd look at that, but he might be someone who's reached out once again for this cast job because he did um, supposedly at the last round of interviews. Um, decent track record over in the UK, obviously. He did quite well for Toulouse. Uh, and then with Hull KR, um, he's got a 56% win rate at Hull KR, although it is worth adding a lot of those games were in um, what was the National League at the time, the Championship. But quite highly rated, Justin Morgan. Quite highly, ra- highly rated. Um, played a good brand of rugby from what I can remember. Hulk out were probably in a very similar situation to where we were um, at the time he came over, did five good years there. Um, and if he's motivated and wants to come over and, you know, what to really kind of make a stamp in these next six games and take us on going forward and he had a plan for us and he could present that um, appropriately, then maybe he's an option as well. Um, again, ex- accessibility is a real issue with him. Obviously, the fact he's literally over uh, in the NRL at the moment, he's currently assistant with the New Zealand Warriors, but... I suppose you don't know exactly how much impact he's having on that Warriors team, but they are third in the NRL and going very, very well. Um, he's a possibility. He's a possibility, Justin Morgan. Um, but I, we, it remains to be seen uh, whether he want to throw, um, throw his name in once again, uh, having uh, missed out on the job in March. We'll see about that one. Uh, I've written James Ford down, um, just as someone who's kind of always thrown in. Um, for the cast gig, obviously a, a local lad. He's currently director of rugby at Feverston, so it's his second job this year. Uh, I don't think anyone, I'd like to know if anyone has ever, <laughs> in, a, in an off-the-field capacity, been involved in Wakefield, Trinity, Feverston, Rovers and Casper Tigers in one year. Um, so I don't think it's likely. And although I don't know anything, it's always kind of looks like he was being groomed for the Fev job next year. Obviously he came in as director of rugby like mid-season. The rumour was Sean Long wasn't too happy about it. It would appear Sean Long is not going to be there next year, regardless of where Fever playing. Um, it's been rumoured that he's going to be Sam Burgess's assistant at Warrington, which is a bit left field in itself, but there you are. Um, so Fordy would be, you know, a consideration at the very least for that Fev job next year, and whether they're in the Championship or Super League. Um, so I don't think that's realistic, to be fair. Um, I'm pretty sure he interviewed for the cash job in March, didn't get it. Yeah, he's he's one that's going to be around, I guess. Maybe maybe if I was his hat in the ring again, I don't know. Um, I I don't think it's likely. I don't think he's likely, and I also don't think he's necessarily the right man for the job right now. 
either, to be honest, but it's, it's a name worth mentioning. Um, three more to discuss. Uh, two a little bit more left field, just kind of names that are out there who I actually think would, well, at least one of them would do a very good job, I think, but I don't think it's likely. Um, and then, of course, the favourite, which I'll get on to last. Um, Liam Finn? Anyone on a six-week basis? I am kind of clutching a little bit, to be fair. Certainly in terms of Super League experience at coaching level, he certainly doesn't have that, although he's done a little bit of assistant work, uh, I think, at Wakefield in the past. Um, willing to come in, in terms of the requirements, willing to come in on a six-game basis, willing to take the chance of a real reputational boost, connection with the club and accessibility, kind of kind of ticks all those boxes, really, Liam Finn. Um, a great rugby league mind. Obviously, he was a very kind of long-standing halfback. Obviously, had a, had a really good little stint with the with, with Cast. To be fair, uh, about well, eight years ago, seven eight years ago, um, just won the League One title with Dewsbury, which would potentially make him available um, to come in in some capacity, whether it be head coach or, or as another assistant or something like that. Um, I believe he's lined up to be the Halifax coach next season. Uh, but would be around presumably now. I mean, they've already won the title, Dewsbury, so there'd probably there'd be no, nothing really stopping him leaving a little bit early. Um, so just kind of want to throw in there uh, as kind of a high, highly rated coach um, in, in the divisions below. But again, probably not likely. Just ticks a few of the boxes despite no real Super League experience. Another one, I think this is probably the least likely of the lot, to be honest. Uh, it's just someone who I think would actually do a good job at this point. But Bear in mind, he's on his way to Wembley in a different capacity on Saturday, uh, similar to Lingard. I don't think it's anywhere near a possibility, certainly as the team he's at would even make him run at the grand final this year. And he's, he's done a great job in his role. Um, Chris Chester's kind of the king of this kind of thing, isn't he? <laughs> he kept Wakefield up when Wakefield should not have stayed up uh, a fair few times. Um, does have a bit of a connection with Cass, uh, although not with the senior team. Did a lot of work with the youth sides back in the day. He's familiar with Cass, very, very familiar with Tigers. Um, and I do see Chris Chester being a head coach in Super League at some point, um, but he seems pretty settled in his gig at Lee and done a great job with their recruitment, hasn't he? Um, helping out Adrian Lamb over there. So that's like a 0.1% chance we go for Chris Chester. But again, it's the name I think I throw in as someone who I actually think, if he was available and fancied, it would be a great uh, a great option. And kind of will have that similar kind of cast Wakefield connection, really knowing what's going on similar to the last man on this list, uh, although admittedly a more recent more recent fixture in it. Um, so that's Chris Chester. And that brings us to the favourite. That brings us to the man who I think will get it, if I'm honest. I think he's the only one or one of the only ones who ticks every single box in terms of the requirements. It, it's almost been long overdue in, in a way. He, he's always been mentioned every time there's been a head coach um, vacancy at the club. For years and years and years and years and years, his name is always mentioned. He's a local lad, obviously. Uh, he was born in Cass, played his entire career uh, with Cass, played on the wing, uh, made over 100 appearances for the club, 133 to be precise. John Keir, you already knew I was talking about. John Keir, let's go through the requirements. Accessible and able to come in this week. He currently doesn't have a job. So, yes, he well, his only job would be presumably on the commentary team on Saturday <laughs> at the Challenge Cup final. Um, Super League experience, ideally at the bottom end in kind of pressurised situations, we all know too well. He's got very much experience there. Obviously, 2006, it was 17 years ago. 
he was at the helm of Wakefield when they sent us down at the Battle of Bellevue, the original Battle of Bellevue. He came in on a short-term basis that year, did the job for Wakefield 17 years on. Could he do the same job for Cassie? I mean, the narrative is there. I mean, for a sport that wants to do away with, you know, promotion relegation on an on-field basis, I mean, you, as much as it's painful for us to be involved as a neutral, I mean, next Friday's game could not be better written, could it, really? Uh, and the only thing that could kind of add to that would be someone like John Keir coming in uh, due to his history with with both clubs. It's kind of perfect in, in that sense. Obviously, recent history hasn't been kind to him. Uh, he was at Bradford, he was sacked there. Uh, he was most recently at Widness and uh, was sacked there as well. Um, so it's not been great in the short term. But obviously, in both situations, both of those clubs as well, there's some financial things and you know the, the clubs haven't been the best run uh, over the last few years as well. I'm not saying our club has been absolutely incredibly run either, by the way, before I say that. Um, but there are some kind of things here and there which would probably not help JK along the way. Um, in terms of being willing to come in on a six-game basis with a view to a longer term, I don't really see that being an issue with him, to be honest, if he fancies the job at all. Um, and willing to take the risk reputation-wise. I don't think it is a risk reputation-wise for John Keir, to be honest. He's had a long, long history in the game. I don't think anything that could happen in the next six weeks if he took the job would have a real impact on his uh, on his legacy, maybe in, the, maybe in this part of the world, but I think anywhere outside of WF10, probably not. He'd still be the coach that kept Wakefield up in those circumstances. He's still the coach that won the Challenge Cup with Sheffield Eagles and Hull FC against the odds. There's no real reputation risk for him. And the opportunity to have done it twice, I mean, you're talking legend status, aren't you? If you can do it for both sides, for both sides of the common, uh, 17 years apart, it's, it's a heck of a story. It really is. And obviously, as I said, connection with the club, the final point. Yeah, plenty of connection. He's probably got the most connection with the club of anyone who's never actually coached the club. I would imagine I don't really know anyone. Um, yeah, I mean, he's been a conditioner, I believe, at the club after he... Um, after he retired as a player, like I say, he's from the town, speaks highly of the town, speaks highly of the club, always has. Um, you know, he's, he's the first to say classic cast every single time he's on BBC commentary. Um, and he's still sharp as attack, to be fair. He is still sharp as attack. Can he still do it at Super League level? Long term, maybe not. You know, I, I, that thing with, the thing with John Keir is I don't think he'd be a long term option yet. You won't want to give him a kind of, you certainly want to get him and get him in for two or three years at this stage of his career. But as a short-term, stay here till the end of September. Do your magic. Let's try and keep us up. And, you know, if anyone's going to motivate, I think he's right up there. Um, the thing about John Keir, you know, he's, you know, he's not going to take anything from anyone. You know, he's, he's not going to accept um, some of the effort levels we've seen. He's not going to take anything from any of those players. You know, he's been there. He's seen it. He's been there at the top level. Uh, he's coached internationally. In terms of a motivational aspect, um, he'd be right up there. And, and certainly in kind of what I started the podcast saying, in, in terms of kind of instilling that kind of cast of spirit in terms of what the badge means, in terms of what the town, in terms of what the club means for the town, few would be as good of it uh, as good at doing that as John Keir, I think, on this list. Um, there's a few would be pretty good. Powell, would obviously be very, very good. Um, the BKs, I didn't even mention the fact, obviously, Danny Ward um, played for the club. Uh, I've met the for a year, but certainly knows what the club's about. Um, yeah, I think JK be right up there uh, in terms of being able to do that. And he just kind of hits every box. Is it the most inspiring head coach appointment of all time? No. 
Um, is it a massive swing? I mean, as I'm recording this, I'm seeing the notification that apparently Warrington are indeed looking to hire Sam Burgess, which you know, is pretty uh, interesting, to say the least. It's certainly not as exciting as that or something like that, but is it the job, if we really kind of look at ourselves in the mirror as fans, is it the person who makes the most sense and probably gives us the best opportunity to stay up? It's hard to argue it, I think. I think it's hard to argue it. In our situation, we're not going to get a Wayne Bennett. You know, we're not we're, we're not fishing in that kind of pond. In terms of the pond we're fishing in, in terms of the people willing to take on this job, because let's be honest, it's not an attractive job. It's not been an attractive job for some time. Um, it's most attractiveness probably was just as Paul announced he was leaving. We didn't make the right call there. We should have struck when the hour was hot there and got the coach of the future. We didn't. We're in a different position now, two years on. It's not an attractive gig. We've got to we've got to give it to someone who's going to be willing to really, really go after it and motivate these players. If John Keir is willing to do it, I believe he has been sounded out. That's been reported. It just kind of makes too much sense to me. Um, there's a few I've mentioned, as I've said, you know, I'd be happy with a Danny Ward. Um, I'd be interested by a Justin Morgan appointment. Um, even Ryan Sheridan to an extent, I'd, I'd be interested about um and obviously Paul is kind of on, on, on a separate kind of level uh, if he'd be willing to do it but all things considered I think it'd be John Keir I think John Keir will be the Casper Tigers head coach in the next 48 hours and then we'll just see what he can do all we can do is get behind him get behind the lads certainly the lads who are going to put some effort in um I imagine the 17 we'll see against Wakefield are going to be the ones putting the most effort in because the thing with John Keir is he's got no allegiance to any of those players. Uh, he's not going to be afraid to drop any of them that um, that he's seen not putting the effort in. Um, so it'll be the 17 lads on the field that are giving their all uh, or certainly giving the most. Um, and that can't, be, that, that can't be a bad thing by any means whatsoever. So... And you know what? I think it'd also... It'd frighten Wakefield a little bit. It would frighten away for a little bit. They know all about the history. They remind us about the history enough. They've seen firsthand what John Keir can do in this very, very situation. They would look at a John Keir appointment and there'd be a few little snide remarks, but deep down, dare I say, they'd fear him. <laughs> I'm not sure they're going to have a plane, but they're going to fear him, uh, I think, if that's the appointment made. And for that reason, I think that's what the club will do. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, a little bit of a stream of consciousness today, but I feel like it was important to get out. A little bit of a bonus episode to come a little bit sooner than usual, but time is of the essence uh, at this point for the club. So I felt like I had to do it. Hope you've enjoyed the listen. Uh, let us know on social media. I'm going to, I'll share this all over Facebook, uh, obviously on Twitter at Coivecast, uh, Instagram Coivecast too. Do let me know who you think the job should go to. Give me your thoughts. Uh, let me know what you felt about the podcast episode and uh yeah we'll see you soon some exciting things coming up some exciting things coming up potentially another episode this week we'll see about that and definitely uh some form of episode next week where i believe we're looking to do a little collaboration with the wakefield trinity heritage podcast so we're gonna have a little bit of a debate uh on both channels so that should be quite interesting i'll do my very very best to fight our corner because we are 11th after all we're not bottom let's not forget we are not bottom of this table just yet. Thank you very much for support. I'll see you soon and coif.